Welcome to the Working Moms Podcast, featuring inspiring stories and resources for the modern working mom. I'm your host, Pamela Moss, estate planning attorney, mom, and owner of Law Mother. All right, today's guest is Benita Samuels. She is a visibility expert and a LinkedIn junkie. She is with Visibility Solutions Group. Welcome, Benita. Hello, Pam. Thank you so much for having me this morning. Thank you so much for being with me. And I know today we are going to be talking about the power of LinkedIn from a LinkedIn junkie. And I want to start off, though, with right out of the gate, what is your number one tip for working moms? So I've been a working mom for 19 years. I'm aging myself. I have uh, two teenage daughters. Um, and, you know, I, I guess I have the luxury of looking back now. Um, I'm kind of at a different end of the spectrum than you are, Pam. Um, and I would say this, that people always tell you that time goes by really quickly. And the truth of the matter as it is, and it does. And so um, where you are setting really wonderful examples for your children, being a successful working mom, make sure you take the time to just sit and be with them, play with them. I remember setting up a whole store in my living room and, you know, playing store with my then seven-year-old who's 16 now. And, you know, I can't tell you back, you know, seven years ago what I was doing with work, but I can tell you about that moment. And so take the time because you deserve it. Work is wonderful. I love my work, but those moments you can only capture when they're happening and, and you got to stop to take, to appreciate them. Oh, I love that so much, Benita. And just that visual of thinking about this store in your living room is so beautiful. And it's such a great reminder for me and for all of us that are listening. So thank you. Um, so kind of before we get into the topic today, I would love for you to share um, your background. It's impressive. So I'm just going to tell everyone that. But can you tell people a little bit about your background and kind of what made you launch your business as well? Well, thank you for saying that, Pam. It's so funny because, you know, uh, my background is what it is. I was very fortunate. Um, I started out and uh, spent the beginning of my career, I say beginning 30 plus years in corporate brand marketing. Um, and I spent that time really increasing the visibility of brands that everybody knows. Um, there's, the, you know, I can't say, can't say Disney without a picture coming to your mind or Nestle. Um, I worked on things like San Pellegrino and Aquapana and Playtex, actually Playtex Baby. I helped bring their first digital, digital tools to market. And in fact, we did market research and found that new moms, similar to yourself, are often on their phone looking for things to do at night. And so we did a whole campaign that actually reached moms during the middle of the night. Um, but after doing that for 30 some years, I, you know, had the opportunity multiple times. People said, oh, Benita, you should go in, out on your own. And I was always really just too afraid. And the opportunity presented itself just, I'm just shy of four years ago. And I said, you know what, if I don't do it now, I, I never will. And so I took that leap of faith. And I have to tell you, um, it's probably one of the happiest times in my career that I remember. Um, I think if you are a business owner, it, it's hard work. 
I don't think any of us will deny that it's not hard work. But if I look back over my career and my my journey and how much time I spent at each of my positions, I would say that um, I've been happier for longer in my current role than most of my other jobs. And they were jobs, but they and they gave me great foundation. And I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that. But I love being a business owner. That is so inspiring and really kind of going from, you know, that background of working with larger businesses. And now you work with small business owners, right? Um, And maybe some larger too. Um, And what made you decide to work with small business owners? Well, the, the reality is this, is that as a small business owner or a solopreneur, you don't have the same financial access to tools and individuals who have a level of experience that could benefit you as a small business owner. And I would see that over and over again when I was just talking with friends who had businesses or or people in business or working for somebody in a small business. And it dawned on me that, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that everything that I have learned over the years can easily be adapted to any different varying sizes of businesses. And so it just seemed to make sense to me that that would be an opportunity. The other thing is, and, and you know, Pam, like I said before, you and I are kind of at different stages in our, in our motherhood. But for me, I did not grow up in a digital world. I was really lucky that, you know, a job a long time ago, they were talking about doing something called a website and nobody wanted to take it on. And I was like, oh, well, I'll figure it out. And I just hopped in very early in the digital and social space. And so I have grown up in a certain sense in my career working in digital. And so for business owners who are Xers or boomers, there's also this greater level of um, comfort in talking to someone who didn't grow up with it as well. So with that generation, I bring a sense of familiarity. And with um, the young, a younger generation, I'm not saying young, I bring this experience. And so it's really a win-win for everyone. I, I just feel so lucky. I love that. And I got the fortunate experience of working with you with my own business. So a uh, little shout out to you there. You've made such a huge difference for me. And so I am so excited to talk about the power of LinkedIn from you, from the LinkedIn. I think you're a LinkedIn guru. That's what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> but for those, you know, who, you know, aren't as familiar with LinkedIn or haven't been using LinkedIn, you know, why is LinkedIn an important space for people to be in right now? So I'm, I'm going to share some data and I'm going to share some insights that I think really help illuminate the value and importance of LinkedIn. First and foremost, link, every, it doesn't matter if you're a solopreneur or a big business owner, everybody should be on LinkedIn if you are in business. That, that is just the foundation because that is where people start. Um, interestingly, if you have a LinkedIn presence and somebody searches for you in a Google, your LinkedIn profile is going to come up almost always before even your website. And that's because 
LinkedIn is the first place most people go to check on you before they ever go to your website. And in fact, it drives more traffic to your website than any other social media platform. Uh, in fact, I just I, I just did analysis for two clients. One I've been working with for 12 weeks and she has had a 12 times lift in traffic to her website in just the last, from January to the end of February. And then I did an analysis for a client who I started working with at the beginning of last year, right before COVID. So I looked at last year from January 1st to March 13th, because I didn't want to get into the COVID window to the same period this year. And the only thing they're doing is LinkedIn and applying it to Facebook, which they don't have a big following there. And their website traffic a year ago for that period, they had 487 visits. And this year for the same window, they had 10,290 10, visits. Wow. And of that, straight social referrals was 43% of that traffic. And then 39% of that was direct link, which means somebody had to know who they were and type in their name. And since their only thing they were doing was social media, I think it's fair to say that they were coming from social media as well. So LinkedIn is so valuable in the sense of creating that awareness. And, you know, it's also a place where people really connect with each other. It, we don't really do business with businesses. We do business with people. And that's really the foundation of LinkedIn. And for business owners who maybe created their profile X number of years ago, <laughs> um, you know, they're probably listening to this and are, you know, their eyes are peeking open, their ears are, you know, they're really thinking about it because those statistics are so powerful. And what would your tips be for people who really want to leverage that power of LinkedIn and don't know how to get started? Well, first and foremost, let's remember that LinkedIn is not your digital resume. Um, when LinkedIn started years and years ago, back in 2004, I think it was, um, that's really how it was set up. But in 2016, Microsoft purchased the platform and it really started to shift from a digital resume to a content distribution platform. So your LinkedIn profile should really be about who you are, what you do and how you help. Um, I always say the top third of your profile is the most important part of your role profile with your headline being most important. So your headline is probably right now, if you haven't done anything with your profile and you look at it, it probably says, you know, founder, XYZ, owner, or digital marketer, or whatever your business title is, because it defaults to that. But if you were to do a search for a, an estate planner on LinkedIn and you wanted to look in the Denver metro area, you know, there's probably 5,000 of you. However, for all of those that want to say estate planner, estate planner, estate planner, Pam, yours says something different and it includes the reference estate planner. So you will stand out from the crowd. So I say, start with your headline and make sure it speaks to who you help and what you do. Right there, you're already one step ahead. The second thing is we have been notorious for years of not putting up a banner, that, which is that big picture behind your head. You know, it's a, it's a billboard. It's the thing that you can shout out from the rooftops what you do. So make sure you put an image there. And if you can, I always say lightly branded. 
so that it is another point of um, reinforcing what you do because we all know that repetition breeds retention. So now number one thing is your headline. Number two, make sure you have a banner. You have to have a profile picture. If you don't have a profile picture, that, that actually supersedes your banner. Um, people tend not to connect with you if you don't have a profile picture. And then the, the, the next thing is your about section. And your about section, firstly, this is about you. This is not about your business. And it's not about you in the third person. So it's all about you and you write it in the third person and you wanna talk about who you help, what you do, how you help, why they should work with you and what they get from working with you. Those points tell your entire story. It's your chance to give long form. And if you get through that, which if you follow this methodology, then people will start to read down further. That's gonna be the place that people go first. If they come to LinkedIn and they don't see your mini website or your story, they're probably going to go on to someone else. And the other tip I'm gonna say, because we're talking to business owners today, Pam, make sure you have a business page. LinkedIn business page isn't used the same as Facebook, but it is a validator. And you can post different types of content on your personal versus your business page. I, there were so many great things that you just said that I want to kind of pull out a few pieces to summarize. And the first was, you know, yeah, so many of us have grown up thinking that LinkedIn is a resume, a digital resume. And really that shift that it has become a content plan for, platform, a place for networking, a place for really generating traffic to your website, to you, to get those referrals and those connections. Um, and then because of that, you're really being intentional about what the first third of your profile is, is so important. And you gave such really great actionable tips. I know that um, in the show notes, I will post your LinkedIn profile so people can take a look. And then I'll also post mine because you helped me redo my LinkedIn profile so people can see um, some ideas of, of how to do that. Um, so, you know, once you get that profile up um, and, and get it to the point where it really is showcasing who you are, what are the other ways that business owners should be thinking about using LinkedIn to really get some of those results that you described of I think you, was it 12 times? I think you said 12 times um, the amount of traffic to their, their website and ultimately getting those leads and, and yeah. those clients. So firstly, Pam, I would say, let them look at your profile before they look at mine because <laughs> yours has been updated more recently. <laughs> Maybe not, who knows by the time this, this, this uh, airs. Um, so I, I, you know, and I probably said this to you many years ago, or many months ago, um, you know, would you buy a car if you didn't know how to drive? No, right? So updating your LinkedIn profile is kind of like buying the car. Once you do it, you need to know how to drive it. You need to know how to use it. And that really comes from leveraging the platform and connecting with the right people. So looking for people that are in your second level connections so that you have a relationship to start to that that makes sense while you're connecting and also publishing content that scares everybody. Um, well, maybe not everybody. I just talked to a publishing group, but, um, you know, people want to hear from you. It, it's the whole false sense of reality of social media. 
you know, I tell the story of my youngest daughter who at one point um, had a whole argument with her dad. It was like three years ago over, yes, the Kardashians. Um, And she's like, I don't know what the argument was about, but she's like arguing passionately with her father about, well, Kim this and Kim that. And, you know, she's talking like it's her best friend. And that's what social media does. Social media gives this illusion that you have a relationship. So people often say, oh, Benita, yeah, I know you. I see you on LinkedIn all the time. I may have never met them, but they have this belief system and a trust that they know me because I'm sharing content on LinkedIn. So when I say to you about sharing what you do in a personal way, people start to say, oh, you know what? I need to to put together um, an estate plan. You know, I should reach out to Pam because you are in their feed, sharing your knowledge and and, um, participating in conversations. If you go to a networking event and you stand in the corner and you never talk to anybody, it's not likely anybody's gonna come up to you and talk to you at any length or reach out to you about about doing a one-on-one or getting business. You have to be present and be posting content. And, you know, for people who maybe post content on other platforms, maybe they post content on Facebook, what is the difference between how they should be thinking about posting their content there versus LinkedIn? Because LinkedIn has its own culture, its own dynamic. So kind of what are some pointers there for people posting? So I, when I, you know, when I work with my clients, we, we go through a process where we do seven days of structuring your LinkedIn and it's really always, well, one, we take it about uh, from the first person. Um, and it's not really about selling your wares. It's about sharing your knowledge. Um, structuring it is a little different also because we really want to put in things that will generate and create that conversation. So. Um, putting in topics that you know about, but may create, for a lack of better words, controversy. You know, um, I recently did a post about um, unsubscribing. And my post title was something to the effect of stop. I, I think it said, please take me off your list. Okay, so let's start. There's nobody who who is listening today who hasn't been on an email list and really wants off it, right? Yes. (laughs) Okay, so please take me off your list. I then go in and I talk about um, how I have been on an email list for years for this um, Boys and Girls Club back east. I haven't lived there for almost nine years. And they never take me off their list. And then I talk about the can spam laws and, and being respectful of, of people. And this all relates back to my business about visibility and what you do is right and wrong. The reality is I'm sharing my knowledge. And in the end, people have opinions about, oh, just block them or, you know, just ignore it. What's it? Or I send them a nasty email. It creates some point of view and generates an interest. And that's really a big difference between LinkedIn and other platforms. Instagram, it's a lot about that visual engagement. Um, Facebook, Facebook, you know, Facebook is a very different beast now because they have gotten so big. Facebook, I tend to look at Facebook as more of a consumer 
platform versus LinkedIn as a business platform, meaning you might talk about that same unsubscribe post on Facebook, and it could be more about um, more personal in the sense of telling exactly the organization that I really wanted to be unsubscribed from, <laughs> or it might be asking your Facebook friends, you know, what do you do about businesses that won't unsubscribe you from their list? It's a, it's just a very different casual tone versus kind of a, a inquiry and informational tone on LinkedIn. So we've talked about, you know, getting your your profile in shape and getting it to be something that's going to work well. We've talked about, you know, putting content out there to really establish yourself and kind of what is as far as connections and connecting with people. You mentioned um, looking at second level connections, but for someone who hasn't really spent a lot of time in LinkedIn, what, why is it important to be engaging and connecting with people and what's the best and most effective way to do that? Well, first and foremost, people do business with people. They don't do business with businesses. So that's the first thing you always want to remember. Um, And so you have to have a community and building your community on LinkedIn is one of the most valuable things you can do because you can reach so many more people. LinkedIn has ways that you can segment, et cetera. So firstly, if you don't have 500 connections on LinkedIn, that's going to be your first goal because LinkedIn starts cataloging you as a participant and active person on LinkedIn when you hit that 500 bar. So your first 500 people may be a little less important, but valuable. So I always say, if you're going to start growing your community, start by looking at your community you're in right now. Look at the organizations that you're a part of and connect with people in the organizations. It doesn't matter if they're in the same industry as you are in, because not who you know, it's who they know. That's really where it, where it pans out. Go look at your networking groups. Look at your mommy groups. Look at your your groups if you're into fitness and health and wellness. Um, Talk to your spouse or your partner and start connecting with that whole community because it's a very natural and easy connection. Um, When you connect, you don't necessarily have to put a message. Interestingly, as a result of COVID and just before COVID, more people will accept your LinkedIn connection without a message unless you have met them in the recent past. So if I met you today and I sent you a LinkedIn request and said, hey, you know, it was nice meeting you, you know, there'll be a likely connection. However, if in a month I send you a connection request and I do that, it will probably get ignored because LinkedIn messaging has gotten to a point where people think that everybody who connects with you is looking to sell you something. So for those that don't have a connection, a message in the connection, you probably will have a higher connection rate. Um, The other thing is, as I mentioned before, Pam, is we all understand that the feed on your profile is people posting content. And that's where your community is really going to start to get to know you. So for people that you are connected with next to their name, there is a one. That means it's your first level connection. You have a connection with them. Those people you want to look at their content and comment. I know it's kind of, it might be uncomfortable or start by liking it so that they start to see you and people in their network start to see you. 
And that way you start to get into that rhythm. For those that you see with their name that has the two, that means they're a second level connection. So as an example, Pam, you and I are connected. If my husband posted something on LinkedIn and I commented it on it, it would get into your feed likely. And then when you went through your feed, you'd see his name and it had habit number two. You should scroll over his name and connect to him because it's all about, you know, the Kevin, Kevin Bacon theory, seven degrees of separation. This is really two and three degrees, but we want to focus in on two first because those people have relationships with people you know. And so it's that like, know, and trust factor. They know who you connected to. They trust them. They want to get to know you. One of the things that has been so helpful with me with working for with you on doing some LinkedIn stuff is kind of the strategy around it. And I think for some people listening, you're probably getting the idea that if you have an intentional strategy, you can leverage it really well. And I know for me, one of the big differences I've noticed is when I post things on LinkedIn, they get a lot more traction than they do on Facebook and Instagram. And can you tell people listening kind of why that is? Why is LinkedIn one of these places right now that if you are intentional, you can really get a lot of fuel on your, on your stuff? Well, I will say there's, there are a couple of reasons behind that. Firstly, and I don't know when you're using the other platforms, Pam, but a lot of people automate. So they load it all into the back end and then just let it go. So um, LinkedIn doesn't like that. LinkedIn likes you to be authentic and post directly on the platform and they track that. Um, So that may be one of the reasons why you're having great success. The other thing is um, Facebook targets a different audience. Fundamentally, people come to Facebook looking at, at it from a different lens than they do on LinkedIn. And so because of that, two things happen. One, um, Facebook, their audience is very broad. And so they don't put your content out to a broader audience. Generally speaking, Facebook content gets between a half a percent and two and a half percent reach. So if you have, you know, 100 people in your in your Facebook community, which is way low than what it is these days, I think the average is around 370, which still seems low to me. Um, but if you think about even 1% of 370, that's 3.7 people versus LinkedIn, that when you are intentional and you have a strategy, they, the average reach on that is about 65% of people in your network. So using that same theory, I'm going to do really fast math here. If I say there's 300 people in your community and we say 60, 60%, that's 180 versus your, your, your Facebook. So LinkedIn rewards you for participating and being present. Facebook, and I'm not digging Facebook because Facebook has a lot of value. And I do think that if your audience is in both places, you should be in both places. And I, you know, I'm, I'm the Facebook generation. Um, Facebook is going to uh, give you a presence. LinkedIn is going to build your community and your engagement. Absolutely. And I think that's something I've been so pleasantly surprised by. And I think with LinkedIn, you just have a 
it's easier to kind of convert people because people are, there's a lot of business owners there. They're there to refer people. They're, they're connecting with you to try to refer things. And I just find that my types of posts kind of go farther. And so hearing kind of the actual numbers besides my <laughs> anecdotal evidence is very helpful. <laughs> um, but you know, the other thing referring to that, Pam, you know, talk about, you know, people are more open to it. Um, getting back to the whole concept of this false sense of reality, when you message somebody on LinkedIn after engaging and being in the content, people, you have a 62% higher conversion rate of people in your, your LinkedIn chat to say, yeah, I'll have a meeting with you versus picking up the phone and calling them. Wow. It's a passive, non-intrusive way and again, they think they know you or they feel like they have a relationship with you because you have been in their feed and engaging. That is so helpful. And I think all of us have dealt with the kind of LinkedIn spammers, right? The people that just like send messages, send, send messages, send messages. <laughs> and I, I probably got like six of those today already. Um, and kind of the strategy you're describing is very, very different from that. Um, and I, I'm hoping things will start to change with that. I, I, I wish, I'm hoping all those people that do that are kind of listening today, right? So they can start taking a, a more strategic path than spamming. Right. Um, but I didn't know that statistic. That's really powerful as far as kind of creating that value and connection and then kind of reaching out how that can change. Yeah. You know, um, Social media has many pitfalls. Um, I honestly don't know for sure if that will change very much because especially with COVID, it has really grown exponentially. And I'd like to believe that people who are listening in your community aren't spamming people with buy my stuff. Um, but we just have to be grown ups and ignore it. <laughs> you never know. Occasionally, one of those things will come through and we'll be like, oh, I actually want to talk to this person. <laughs> um, are there any other final kind of LinkedIn tips that you have for people that um, who are listening and kind of aren't still sure kind of what to do when it comes to the platform? So I will say a few things. One, start every day with a beautiful cup of coffee or tea, whatever you like to drink and open up your LinkedIn and spend 15 minutes going through your feed and reading what people have to say and commenting and being part of the community. That will just start to help you practice that muscle. You know, it's like everything else. I mean, I don't encourage you to get to be like I am because I could get sucked in there and lost for hours, <laughs> but start that every day. And Build up to making comments because that will increase your reach. And then if you really, really want to um, harness the power of what LinkedIn offers, put together a, a thought process and start to post content and, and be really thoughtful about it because that's really going to be what is going to grow you. Everybody has to take, take their time on what works for them. But being there is absolutely the first step. If you get to the content posting time, posting stage, I say tag people. That's a big one. You and I have talked about this, Pam, because, you know, it's like saying, hey, Benita, 
I'm posting this and this is something that I think you might have interest in. Will you join the conversation? People like to be invited into the conversation. You know, you don't want to be on the outskirts looking in if you have a point of view. So if you get to the point where you are comfortable sharing content, start tagging people. That is so helpful. Thank you so much for sharing all of these tips. I feel like I have walked away with so much and I've already worked with you <laughs> and gotten so much. So I've even gotten more, which is great. Um, before we kind of sign off, I have a few final things I want to talk to you about. And great. the first is I ask everyone who comes on, what is the legacy you are creating? Well, this might not be new for, for your audience, but I really feel that I am creating a legacy that sets the foundation for my daughters to be strong, confident women and business people, either as an employee or owning their own business. Um, I feel such pride when they say to me, so proud of you or they high five me when I when I have a good day you know I know that when I'm long gone they aren't going to forget that this was part of our journey together so I would say that's that's the legacy that I'm I'm building I love that and what is the best way for people to get in touch with you and how do you work with people so um firstly the best way (laughs) LinkedIn. Um, and, you know, mention the podcast that will help. You can find me at linkedin.com slash Benita Samuels. Very simple. Um, and, you know, as far as working with me, I have, I have a few different options that you can work together. So Pam, you and I actually work together one-on-one. And when I work together one-on-one with people on LinkedIn, I actually help create your entire profile. I have a system which I go through. I meet with you for about an hour and a half. I write the profile. I have an AI system where I actually match your voice to what I'm writing. And I look at your target client and match their voice and how they write into it so that I'm speaking like you and I'm speaking to the people that you want to reach. And then after we do all of that, I actually spend time with you over the course of weeks and we do every step one-on-one and we work through the process. And that's kind of how you and I worked. But I'm also really very excited to share that I um, have recently launched a group program um, and they are running about every quarter. And it's a 10-week program where I go through all of these things together and we have office hours where you can come to me and ask me questions and we have opportunities to get on and work LinkedIn together during the day. So lots of lots of ways to, to connect with me. Um, if you want to learn more, you can always go to my website, which is visibilitysolutionsgroup.com. And um, there is information about all the different things I do and the group program on there. Great. Well, thank you so much. It was so great to talk to you today. You too, Pam. Thanks so much. Hey, Mama. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Head over to my website, lawmother.com forward slash podcast for all the show notes and links you heard in today's episode. You'll also be able to get access to my free legal tool for you to name legal guardians for your children to protect them and have that peace of mind. It's all right there at lawmother.com.